Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome again to another Talk Architecture podcast. And we're going to series number seven now. And this series is going to be a very interesting one to help to conclude some important points for the direction of Malaysian architecture education and the designing of the schools of thoughts. Now we're really going into this corner now. After hearing so so many um, discussions in the clubhouse event and um, podcasting and getting a lot of feedback from various people. And we thank um, those moderators in the uh, Malaysian Aki Review Clubhouse for giving us some thought to this. For now, I have a special Independence Day podcast with Ms. Chia Yvonne, and it's on under the title of Malaysian Architecture Schools, Can They Be Like the AA? So um, before Yvonne is going to give her, her introductions, um, we have a fresh graduate and a fresh thinking, you know, someone who has been in the system, uh, but not for long, will give us this insight from those who are fresh graduates. So Yvonne, how are you? Hello, Naziati. Thanks for inviting me. So, Thank you. So please I'm going to introduce myself. Yeah, please do. Please do. Okay. Uh, so hi, guys. Um, my name is Yvonne. Um, I was born and grew up in Penang all my life. So unlike what most people think of me, my family was not extremely wealthy. We are not businessmen or landlords. My parents were middle-class working people. My parents were extremely frugal in most stuff, so we rarely go overseas holidays and stuff like that. But one thing my parents are willing to splurge on is education and books. So I think that's where I cultivated my habit of reading from a very young age because toys are discouraged and all I buy since young was books without any objections. Well, what, was, what were your parents' occupation then? Uh, so my both my parents are retired now. My mom is a former high school teacher, so she was a civil servant. And uh, my dad is an electrical engineer, so he previously worked in an American tech company. So I did my part one at Taylor's University, which is a private university in the Klang Valley, Malaysia. And then I just recently completed my part two at DAA, which is also coincidentally a private university in London, UK. So I will probably break down my experiences into two parts. So the school and the city, comparing and contrasting my experiences living in both capitals, London and Kuala Lumpur, simultaneously. Yeah, uh, I was in London too, and and I I was um, going to many of these evening lectures during, um, at that time it was in 1987, um, with Zaha Hadid, not yet that famous, you know, not yet having any, <laughs> but there were a lot of school of thought that under the um, vision of the late Alvin Boyarsky. Yeah? So um, I don't understand many of the things in the AA, but but uh, I was really interested with what's going on, those delicious drawings. I mean, very interesting, complex, 
you know, I don't know what it was. I was just a student, <laughs> but I, I I saw the end. I felt the energy and the, the lectures were excellent. Herman Hersberger was there, Tom Main, you know, you know, I, I get to be in the same room as them. So um, what, what do you think attracted you to the AA? You could have gone to any other school of architecture in the UK. To be honest, like, I, I agree with you. Like, even when, when I was applying for AA, I still couldn't understand what the hell are they doing in the school. I tried to read as much as possible about AA. Like, I read their project reviews and stuff like that. I still, like, couldn't get it. When I entered also, I still couldn't get it for the first year. Only, like, my second year at the AA that like, I understand now, like most of the projects, I can understand what they are trying to do right now. So it, if like the general public couldn't understand what the AA is doing, it's normal because it is quite hard to understand if you do not like read a lot because the people at the AA, they read a lot and, and most of their projects are built around all these theories and stuff like that. But people would think that theory is like, you know, like a very abstract thing that is not useful in the practical world and stuff like that. But I, I highly disagree after like I've gone through the system. And also like the interesting fact would be like Nazati actually lived in where I lived in London previously. Yeah, we so were in both both London, yeah. yeah. So we both on the same buses, we were in the same <laughs> underground station. <laughs> we, we were at Holloway Road, so that's quite interesting. The commonality <laughs> both of us had. You in the year 20, what? Where, where? 2019. Yeah, and I'm in the, I don't know. 90s. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. So That's quite amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, the AA has a lot of units, you know. Um, um, I, I remember my friend who was in the AA, when I, want, I, I was thinking of going to the AA while just chatting with her, and she was scrunching up her eyebrows thinking that it may not be suitable for me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, you know certain people will, will be uh, rather than maybe it's not for everyone yeah they um so um but um you you could talk about that or um why it's not necessarily for everyone just anyone or you yeah, could yeah. talk about what what was the unit that interests you you know you have to choose a unit and how did you get into the unit and just take us uh, through your journey yeah, I think um, the reason why I chose the A, uh, it's quite naive, I would say. I uh, I read Delirious New York. So Delirious New York was written by Ram Kuhas. So he's one of the famous notable alumni of AA. And I really liked his writings and it, it totally like blew my mind. Like how can an architect like write something like this? I never seen anyone written anything like this before. So that was like a first naive reaction. And then I went on to like find out who Ram Kohas is. And then I found out like he, he studied at the AA. And if we sidetrack back to uh, my interest of becoming an architect when I was young. So I actually wanted to become an architect since like a very young age. Like my, my parents told me that I have a talent in drawing. I don't know. And then they told me that I could become an architect. And then so I also like visited the Blue Mansion in Penang. So the Blue Mansion was restored by a local architect called Lawrence Law. So I also went out to uh, find out who Lawrence Law is. And that's how I also found out that he went to the AA. So I think like all these like connections kind of form a dot that it kind of tell me, the universe kind of tell me that I, I need to like find out about AA, like, you know, what this school is doing because 
all the architects that I look up to uh, are coming from the AA. So I think that's like my first naive point of applying to the AA. Taking another step back, um, why did you go to the, to Taylor's? And what uh, couldn't Taylor couldn't Taylor's University satisfy your curiosity about architecture? I think the main reason would be uh, financial issues because, uh, like I said earlier, my parents are middle-class working people. We are not extremely wealthy. I couldn't afford to go straight away overseas for four years, five years. So uh, I applied uh, to Taylor's University. Uh, I didn't go to a public university because uh, I went straight into foundation after SPM. Uh, because I knew that I wanted to do architecture. So I didn't want to do STPM. I didn't want to do sixth form. So I straight away went into foundation. And also I, I worked pretty hard at like, I uh, went to find out about scholarships and stuff like that. So uh, I knew that Taylor's had this uh, scholarship called the world-class scholarship. And it was like a fully funded scholarship. I, so I've been aiming for that scholarship for a very long time. And thankfully I got it. So, and thanks to like Tony, Tony was uh, on my interview panel and also uh, Veritas, uh, one of the directors of Veritas was on the interview and I got that scholarship. And that's how I ended up in Taylor's on a fully funded tuition-free scholarship. So basically uh, I saved a lot of money in a sense for my part one. So that (laughs) portion of money kind of like saved up for my part two studies as well although it's still not enough but like I at least saved some money for my parents to study uh, at you, the AA. You knew that you wanted to go to uh, an, the AA even when part one you wanted to go to AA? Yeah uh, I actually emailed the AA when uh, when I was in form five so back in 2012 I emailed a, a bunch of universities overseas to find out like the qualifications and stuff like that. And I was asking them if I can transfer from Malaysia and then go overseas and stuff like that and whether there are scholarships available. Mm. So I've been planning for a very long time. So it's not like a sudden decision to go to the AA. So uh, my advice that if you really love architecture and if you really want to go overseas, there are a lot of financial planning uh, involved and a lot of early planning in crafting your career in a sense I would say but I know that this is difficult for many people because like uh, not a lot of people have this kind of privilege to plan and I think I kind of have this kind of privilege to plan since young and I thank my parents for that so but yeah go back to the AA now (laughs) yeah okay I'll go back to the AA I understand about the the thing before uh, in Taylor's now you chose what unit and why and and uh, how was it the first time you were in the first few months in a AA school? Okay, I think uh, before I talk about that, maybe uh, I'll just share uh, a little bit of history of the AA. So like the AA is inherently inherently a very unique school from the start. So it was founded by two students, Robert Kerr and Charles Gray, who was unhappy and unsatisfied with the way of teaching architecture back then in their times in other institutions, So, which were much more traditional. And uh, I think during that era, it was books arts, if not mistaken. And they didn't want to do books arts. They want to do something beyond books arts. Boza, you mean Boza. 
yeah, Bozas. I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh, yeah, yes. oh you pronounce. Okay. Yeah. So the the yeah, and then this was like 1847, and basically like 174 years ago. So from the very beginning, the formation of the school itself was very radical. It was radical in terms of organizational structure down to the curriculum. So as we all know, the school has always been radical and at the forefront of architectural education. So it's interesting that Naziati mentioned Elvin Boyaski in the teaser because Elvin Boyaski is like the godfather and also like one of the longest serving chairman or the dean uh, in the AA from 1971 to 1990s. So what we think of AA today is mostly shaped from his era so that produced Zahadi, Kuhas, Peter Cook, and et cetera. So one may think that in recent years, AA is like kind of waning down, quote unquote, <laughs> because AA doesn't seem to have all this zing uh, parallel to Boyaski's times. But uh, I, I've just finished my studies there and I will argue that, um, like I said earlier, the AA is always at the forefront of architectural curriculum. So they are always breaking boundaries. So what the AA producers now is quite hard to understand. And maybe that is also why it is rarely appreciated by the mainstream public. Uh, like what Nazati said earlier, like you couldn't understand what they're trying to do. Like whatever that they put out every year, there's always something that you don't understand. So I think the same happened back then uh, in Boyaski's times when, when Ram Kohas or Zaha was putting out all these fabulous projects, people didn't understand it because it was so radical and incomplete incomprehensible that it is quite ironic because they they are truly idealists that wanted to change the world in a sense uh, but it's so like hard to understand and then you know it, it becomes like lost in translation but uh, once you get it you will really get it you will get it and then to the point that you're like oh shit this project is amazing it's like oh my god it's so good <laughs> so and I think what, what do I mean by radical is that radical in many sense, uh, I feel very overwhelmed when I first entered the AA. So the first year, I, I really didn't know what was going on. Like a lot of things that I do, and that I, read, I, I really don't know what's going on. I'm so scared that I would fail. So like the AA has a very simple marking scheme. It's not like in Malaysia, we have CGPA like 2.1, 2.2, 3.9. It's like a very simple marking scheme, just pass or fail. So I was so scared that I would like, you know, just fail because I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, but I just like try my best to go to tutorials and then talk to tutors and then just work on my projects progressively. I always show up to tutorials. So what do you do? That, what is your project like? Because we want to know, because when you talk about it being um, uh, something that uh, you may not understand, but once you understand, it's so good. So what is it? What are your, take us through exactly what, what was the project that you did and 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 how was it, what did you learn and how is it you know because then your audience can can discern the difference between what you had in the AA and what they're having elsewhere yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so maybe I'll explain like the unit selection process at the AA so for the AA the unit selection the studio unit selection uh goes like this on the first week of school, so for two days, uh, all the studio unit tutors will have to pitch their studio brief to the students in the lecture hall. So for the full two days, they, they will talk about their briefs and stuff like that and explain what they're going to do throughout the year, what kind of workshops that they are going to like provide to the students and what kind of field trips that they will go on to. 
And then they will also like post the extended briefs uh, online. So some studio briefs can go up to 20 pages, 50 pages long, depending on the tutor. And then uh, for, for students to like read online, like what the hell is the studio is about. So they'll only release like the full brief on the first week of school. So you, you can never prepare and you can never predict their briefs. Even for like studio units, they are super long at the AA already. Their briefs change every year. So after that two days of live pitching, you are, uh, students are given one day to screen all of the briefs, like all 21 briefs. So imagine 21 units with 21 documents with God know how many pages and then pick five to seven units that you are interested in and then register on the student portal. Okay, so okay. The next, you, you yeah. chose seven units yeah. to register in the studio, student's portal. Yes. And then what happened? And then the next morning, uh, you will get three interview slots. Okay. So I, I don't know, I don't know how they arrange that, but mm -hmm. I think it's red random. Yeah. So three interview slots based on our selection. And then we will go to the respective studio rooms to talk to the tutors. So the interviews are like two ways. So the, the tutors want to know you and then you get to know the tutor like in depth, okay. like what kind of things they are doing. And then the students also get to reject the tutor too if they do not feel like they want to join okay, them. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, this uh, this is kind of like upholding the democratic spirit of the AA and also like the radical organization organizational structure of the school which is very very different from other schools and it kind of like simulates the real world uh, job interviews which I find very uh, amusing and useful because in real world job interviews you get to reject the company as well if you don't want to work with them yeah. right uh, you had 21 choices and you whittled down to seven right yes yes okay okay so there are 21 choices for the diploma years yeah and then there are different now for the different Part one, I think, is 18. Okay, okay, I, yeah. see, I see. All right. Yeah. But it's also the same so, process for part one as so well. So, what were the three different units that you got, and why were you chosen in the or two way choice finally? Uh, so, uh, they this process runs every year. So every year they will go through the studio unit process because the studio unit briefs uh, changes every year. So uh, every student will have to go through this process every two every year, uh, in a I'm sense. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take yeah. us your your story of your unit. Yeah. Okay, my so story. General now. <laughs> okay. Your general story. Some of us know this story. We want to know your story. All right, my story will be uh for my fourth year. Mm -hmm. uh, my fourth year unit, uh, I don't remember exactly my seven choices, okay. but I remember the interviews that I went to. Um, there are three interviews, but I only went to two, two interviews because uh, um, okay. I, got, I got accepted in my second interview. Oh. So my first interview, uh, my first choice was actually Diploma 14. I'm not sure if most people know or not. I think those who follow the A, they will know. Diploma 14 is... Pierre Vittorio, PV. So he's like off dogma that a lot of people like, you know, the current post digital style image. Okay. Okay. So I went for PV. You can always Google him. Don't worry. Yeah. Go yeah. On. PV. And then, uh, <laughs> so uh, 
that was my first interview. And then he gave me a maybe. <laughs> so there's a yes, no, or maybe. So uh, a maybe is like you're on the fence. So okay, he's okay, not sure okay. about you. So, okay, he, he gave me a maybe. And then I went to my second interview. My second interview was uh, Diploma 17. But right now, it's not Diploma 17 anymore. So Diploma 17 was Gabu Heindel, uh, Eleanor Dortmund, and Liza Fior of MOVE. So uh, th this unit... Um, Gabu is from uh, Austria, so she's uh, more about um, activism and then more about uh, radical democracy and that, that kind okay. of stuff. So uh -huh. that I, I became quite interested in that. And then I went to that unit to do an interview and then she accepted me. So okay. I, why, do, why do you think they accepted you? What was your character or personality or uh, what you think? I'm also not sure, to be honest. Like, uh, you know, when I was there, uh, a okay. lot of people, a lot of people were carrying huge bags of uh, like papers and then A2 drawings, A1 drawings. And I went there with like one computer, one laptop. <laughs> I didn't even bring any printed drawings because I was new to the AA. And then everyone was like, you know, they have been there for a long time and then they already did their part one in AA. So there were only like, uh, I think 20 or 40, I, I think 20, 30 like that, lah, for who, first timers who went into fourth year straight, like me. Lah. So yeah. they did their part one somewhere else and then went straight. So I only brought my laptop there with my previous works and my professional experience. So, and then I just show them like what I've done in the past. And then I show them what my proposal would be, like uh, what I would do in their unit. So I just propose the same thing that I proposed to PV. And then I propose the same thing to my current unit as well. So okay. I was, yeah. So I was like telling them I'm interested in housing and I'm interested in like uh heritage conservation, stuff like that. So because I've been doing all this kind of stuff in Malaysia. So I think and then and then the unit that accepted me, Diploma 17, was also focusing on housing. So maybe she heard that I was interested in housing. So she thinks that I'm a good fit. So that's why she brought me in. Yeah, that's for fourth year. And for fifth year is a little bit different because uh, we went into the pandemic in uh, March 2020. So uh, my fifth year experience was entirely online. So the online process is also similar. Uh, there were also live pitching, but it was recorded pitching. So the tutors all recorded their pitches and then we have to watch all the pitches online. <laughs> it is quite crazy. Like every oh, pitch I is see, like I see. Yeah, 10 okay. to 20 minutes of pitches. And then they are like briefs as well. So we can just read the briefs. And then uh, they had two sessions. So there is one informal session to get to know the tutors. Which like one did you choose and that chose you and you chose them for the uh, fifth year? For fifth year, um, which one? I, I, I think I applied, so I applied diploma, diploma 13, diploma 6, diploma 9, and diploma, what again? I forgot, I forgot the other one. Okay. Uh, I also actually tried Diploma 16. Diploma 16 was uh, Becca Lemon. I'm not sure you know, like the, the filmmaker unit. Okay. Okay. So they, yeah, right. they did, yeah, they did, they did uh, Cool House House Life. So I love that. And I, I applied that as well, but I don't dare to go to that unit because it's like so radical. They only do film. So, and then... That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So eventually, which diploma unit that you went into? In your so for fifth year... 
fifth year, I went to Diploma 13, which was super scary for me, to be honest. Because Diploma 13 is about what? So Diploma 13 is a new unit, but previously that tutor uh, taught in Diploma 3, so they changed it to Diploma 13. So that tutor, uh, she is more towards uh, political theory or sociology. Wow. So, yeah, you have so, to read a lot. Yeah, I have to read a lot, but I was very interested in that. Okay. So, and then I was quite scared, to be honest, because like the I, from their past projects that I see, their students' projects, uh, I, I can sense that there is a lot of responsibility in that project. And then it's a lot about human rights. And then uh, there are a lot of topics that are very, very sensitive and very, very highly political in a sense. So I was very scared yeah. to take that unit. Um, but in the end, I chose it in anyways because okay. I felt like I should do something different if I was in the AA. Okay, we're going to um, conclude on the first part of our session. And because we're talking, so far what we have is an impression of how it is because uh, Yvonne just graduated in 2020, right? Uh, this year, 2021. 2021, in fact. Yeah, very fresh. Very fresh. So we got the current uh, understanding about the this AA school and um, the fact that it's very important to actually get a good fit, yeah? Something that you're really interested in and um, the tutor decided on you. So this, this whole process is very interesting where um, the tutors actually interview you. Um, the second one was through online, right? It was online. Were you in Malaysia when you did that or you, had, you were in the UK? Yeah, actually, I came back to Malaysia in March 2020. So I only spent like six months in London. Okay, okay. Like, yeah. Right. So But I feel like it didn't it didn't like deter the quality of teaching at all. No, I, no, like I didn't ask same. that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't ask that because we're yeah. going to go to the second session later. We're going to off the record button for a while. We're going to go to the second session. But uh, I was just wanting people to know out there the difference between when we talk about the AA school, is consistent that when Elvin Boyarski time, the same thing happened as your time. It's the same process of the, the, the unit system, uh, diploma unit, where you are uh, you choose uh, uh, the unit that you want to be in, and they will interview you personally. And that has been consistently done in the AA. And the diverse approaches in the intellectual life and architect. Uh, we will discuss about if you go to the AA, because now they don't, the AA is no more um, recognized by uh, Malaysian Board of Architects, whether that was considered by you later on, we'll talk about that later. And, um, and what we're gonna have in the second part as well is um, uh, more about uh, your opinion uh, on, what we've discussed so far, what we really want to discuss on the direction and the design of the School of Thoughts in Malaysian School of Architecture and how you um, would think that um, we may, must consider in, in, um, in, in, in the Malaysian School of Architecture, yeah? And whether uh, such a, an approach in the AA could also be um, done in Malaysia. So, Um, this is going to be more conversational after this. 
It's going to be more conversational. So I'm going to stop here. Thank you for listening for the first part. And I'm going to stop recording here. Thank you. We shall see you guys in the second part.